The documentary lets its subjects' weathered charisma do most of the hard work here, and yet it weaves in enough context to convince even the biggest New York Dolls neophytes of the band's legacy. That is perfectly stated by David Ehrlich, who's one of my favorite critics. He writes for IndieWire. He's talking about personality disorder, One Night Only, a new film which is actually co-directed by my guy, my favorite, Martin Scorsese. I saw it at the New York Film Festival last week, and it was a really cool experience. Our old movie this week is going to be Scream, with Halloween right around the corner. Yes. A film you've all seen. Who doesn't love what I'm talking about Scream? One of those a movie that's not only a great horror movie, but a commentary on the horror movie genre. So I love when films could actually be scary, but be obviously satirical. And our wild curve this week, you're going to love this. We're talking to Alexa Peña Vega and her husband, Carlos. They've got a new book out right now. They have a massive following on Instagram. We're hoping to ride their coattails, but it's a really cool book. It's written for kids, which Chris and I obviously have, so we're into that. Alexa was in Spy Kids. They live on a boat, too. That was I found that. When we get into that, it, they're, they're really a cool couple. Definitely. Very cool couple, and uh, anybody who's ever questioned Chris's contribution to this podcast will listen to this pod and go, wow, he's a pretty good interviewer. Maybe Adnan <laughs> should do less interviews. You got the best answers out of them, yeah. uh, particularly yeah. the fact it's, you asked for living on a boat. Not, a, not about their book, just their life and, like, just being celebrities, and it, it's a, it was a really cool interview. 100%. So definitely check out Alexa and Carlos coming up. They are our wild card. All right, I got a great story from my guy, Cody. By the way, uh, releasing a little later this week, because Chris was uh, had a little mini vacation. Him and his wife went to Pittsburgh. Underrated mm-hmm. great city. Suspension bridge, the three rivers, love it. Like sneaky, pre- you think of like industrial and hardworking, so you don't, th- I wasn't expecting to see anything like pretty and breathtaking, but like the, yeah. the river and the water and the bridges, a lot of cool views, a lot of good food. Yes. Didn't have any disappointing meals. Uh, got a couple days away from the kid yeah. with the wife. Um, she had some work stuff to do, so I got to pay it. Like, you know, she's always helped, like supporting me in my career. It was nice to be a supporting husband for my wife this week. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, but it was just a good trip with my wife, right? It's one of those things where with kids and stuff, it was just good to like be us two again. It's yes. like, what do you want to do? Like, you know, it's, that's the stuff you take for granted with the kids. All, obviously, kids are amazing, but you just lose the ability for you and your wife to just be like, what do we want to do today? Yeah, it's totally right. You want to have date night once in a while. Have that gain away and like, yeah. what, what are you into? So it's nice. You guys said that one-on-one Sleep time. in to like past 8 a.m. It was nice. That's the. Can you? Sleep? I find I can't sleep in now. Like I try. I, past eight AM, I could probably do, but not past eight thirty. Like I can't sleep right. until noon or like eleven. Yeah, when you're can, a kid, I'll you like could. go back to sleep maybe. But yes. yeah, like I'm always waking up in the seven or eight o'clock hour. Yeah, yeah that's that's just habit. Pramanti yeah. brothers, did you have any of that? Known in yep. Pittsburgh? Yeah. That honestly, because we have Pramanis down in South Florida, so I've had that. Oh. It didn't blow me away. I went to the original, and it was good. Don't get me wrong. I was just like, it wasn't like knock your socks off like I've had Pramani's before and it tasted like that it was very good and I felt like I was getting the experience but of all the meals I wouldn't say that that blew me away mm-hmm. I've I had better meals a good breakfast a lot of good breakfast spots in Pittsburgh just a cool little city shout out to the three rivers uh Susan Emery my friend big Steelers fan so 412 Corey Graves love Pittsburgh so yeah check out Pittsburgh mm-hmm. the great city steel and a great sports town by the way let me yes. like like it, it and honestly I've always heard the stuff like South Florida not a good sport like it, seeing a Steelers game with that city, like I, I had to like kind of like be like, you know what? Now I get what people are talking about when they talk about goods, and everybody wears Steelers stuff. Yeah. It is like you cannot go to any restaurant without sixty percent of the tables someone has Steelers gear on. Like yeah. it is, they love their Pittsburgh Steelers there. You're right. It's a Steelers town. A little bit of love for the Penguins when they're doing well. The Pirates, if they're good, but they, they love their Steelers. The black and gold. Yeah. You'll see Rod Woodson jerseys and Troy Balmolo jerseys <laughs> all day long. All right, story time for you. So we were down to one car for a few days, so my wife was dropping me off at work. We're driving to work, and on the freeway, 
the same one that I once walked on the shoulder. I was going to say, did you get out and walk? This guy is motioning me. And I'm like, oh, maybe my trunk is open or something. I'm like, okay, I lower the window. He's like, hey, I can help your car. I, I, I help fix cars. Meet me at the gas station. I have a dent in the back of the Porsche. This was caused by my fault. I was leaving work probably six months ago. Wasn't paying attention. Reverse. Oh, God. Hit a guy. Hit, hit a guy, sorry. Hit a car coming out. I paid for his damage, which wasn't much. Like front. front that uh, story didn't make the podcast. Yeah, I know. My erratic driving. His, his, <laughs> his damage was maybe 800 bucks, something like that. Mine's, right. I never actually took care of. So it's, just, it's, an un, it's an ugly looking dent. It's not horrific, but it's there. Right. Anyway, so the guy sees, I, I go pull over to the gas station. I come out. He goes, hey, this is your lucky day. Wait, wait, take the picture here. This is a highway. So you're driving on the highway and some guy's like, hey, I can see your dent? Or is it like yeah. stop and go traffic? Or? Stop and go traffic. Okay. So it wasn't totally busy, but he was definitely in a major, major city way. Yeah. I pull over. Maybe 10 minutes away from Seacock is where MLB Network is. He comes out. He's like, yeah. He goes, I can fix. It's this dent here. I can just take this thing, pull it out. No problem. I'll take care of it. He goes, any other issues you got? He's just looking at the rest of my car. Goes, oh, a couple scratches here. I have one really bad scratch on the one, uh, yeah. the, the rear side. He goes, I can fix that too. I'm like, okay. All right. Cool. And I'm like, well, maybe give me your card and we'll like figure this out. He goes, no, no. We've got to do it today. I'm going to pay. I goes, my wife is doing some shopping right now. I just happened to see your car. He goes, I specifically work on Teslas, Porsches, like high-end cars. I'm going to fix your car today. I go. I mean, I appreciate it. But Did he I, have a shop? This is in like a gas station parking lot? He goes, I'm, this is a gas station. He goes, wherever you're going, I'm going to follow you right now. I'm going to fix this. It's going to take me 30 minutes. I'm going to fix both of these issues. I'm going to fix this dent. I'm going to fix this scratch right now today. I'm like an avenging angel. I'm here to help you. And what's go, the negotiation here? I go, okay, well, what's the price? He goes, seven fifty. I go, seven fifty. Oh my God, that's incredible. I had gone to a body shop to check on the dent, and the guy had said to me three grand. I go, three grand? Are you insane? Three grand? He's like, well, we got to replace this old hatchback here, put the new lettering Porsche. I go, that's insane. So said, I raced her open to my, because my wife's like, what is going on? She's on her phone as always. And I'm like, hey, I, 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 this guy's going to go fix the car. She's like, what? I'm like, you got to hang with me at work. He's going to fix the car. 750 bucks. She goes, who is this guy? You're going to trust a random guy. I go, yeah. She goes, no, you're so gullible. Like, how do you know he's going to do a good job? I go, no, no, I can tell. This guy's legit. He's got tools. This is a I steal. I can tell. I can tell. I said, that scratch on the back, that scratch alone is 1200 The back is probably 35 But we're looking at, like, close to five. Jeez, this guy's saying seven fifty. We got to do it. She's like, oh, my God. So he follows me to work. And she goes, at least, for God's sakes, don't park right at the front. One of the one things I really love about MLB Network, they, de- they definitely puff off the talent. At the front, it says talent parking. Like, MLB Network, NHL Network. Uh. So we're right at the front. Very elitist. There's the Ernie Banks spot, and then there's our <laughs> spots. So she goes, for God's sakes, don't park. Everyone's going to see you. Like, I'm yeah. like, your boss, but what is going on with that man's car? That they, is true. They know what car you drive. I'm like, okay, fine. So I pull her out of the back, and she goes, I don't think it's a good idea. I'm like, well, you tell him. This guy's very pushy. He gets out, and he, I, go, <laughs> I, I, I go, honestly, man, like, oh, we can't do it. My wife's going to go pick up one of my kids from school. And she goes, listen. Oh, so he followed you? You told him after he followed you? Was it a far track? <laughs> Maybe 10 more minutes. So now okay. we're out. I go, hey, I'm really sorry, man. It's just my wife's got – she got to get the car. He's like, I'm telling you right now. we got to do it right now. We'll do it. It'll take you 20, 25 minutes. My wife goes, I've got to go do some shopping. He goes, 25 minutes. I'm, I'm taking care of it right now. I love this. I have I the love tools. I, I'm, I'm trying to help you. I go, I don't have, I don't have $70 on me. He goes, there's a bank machine. I go, there's a bank machine. Okay, fine. This guy there's is a big persistent. Machine. So I go, all right. He's worn me down. Let's do it. So my wife is very skeptical. We go to the calf. I quickly get I – go, I, go, I take out the maximum amount of money I can. Which I think is like I remember Kevin Hart does a great bit about how there's like a maximum count on your car. Like I can't I can't take out more than five hundred dollars. Right. But I think I did two separate transactions. I got the seven fifty. Okay, right, we're good. We go back out there, kill a little time. Go back. All right, he looks like he's, he's gone. No, you, no. Your car and him are gone. <laughs> he steals the car. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I go back. There's like a bunch of like blue 
uh, and again, somebody who's a car guy will know what he was doing, but it was like a bunch oh, of like God. blue paste on it. I love this. And my wife's like, oh my God, what is going on? I go, I don't know. Like he's fixing it. Obviously they do these things. And she's like, it's not going to look like that, right? He's like, no, obviously not. I'm like, oh my God, how could you ask him that? Of course it's not going to have blue paste on it. He's just fixing it. This is part of the process, whatever. <laughs> Eventually he fixes it up. I come back again two minutes later, Cody, fantastic job. I check, really? I check the door and I go, you could not tell there was a scratch there. Like that is outstanding. I go to the back and I'm like, you can still see a slight dent, but it's probably only because I know. Like, if you saw my car, I don't think you'd yeah. say, was there a dent here at some point? Or if you look close, but, oh, I can see a little curvature. I'm like, that's like probably a 90% job. And again, the price is incredible. And, and like, he wa- he's pretty cocky. He wants the price. How, how yeah. good is this? I go, dude, you're unbelievable. You, sa- you, you saved my car. I'm going to sell this car tomorrow. This looks awesome. No one will ever tell because I saved you so much money. Normally, this goes on Carfax. There's reports that it was damaged. Like, this is unbelievable what I did for you. I go, absolutely. You're awesome, man. And he goes, what, what do you do here? I'm like, I, uh, I'm a producer. He's like, oh, okay. You, you, I'm like, I just, I, I do baseball. My wife's like, don't tell him what you do. And immediately he goes, you get, you got free tickets? And I go, oh no, I wish I could. I mean, I, I trust me. I go to the AK game tonight if I could. I, he's like, oh, okay, all right. So I hand him the money. I go, here you go. Thanks so much. Great job. He goes, what is this? And I go, eight hundred dollars. He turns his back to me and goes, okay, thank you, don't. And starts putting his tools away. And I go, wait, wait, what? My wife is is dumbfounded. We are perplexed. Yeah. I go, sir, I'm, I'm sorry. Here's my. He goes, no, it's on the house. Go ahead. Have a nice day. Pissed. And I'm like, I, I, I don't understand what's happening right now. I, yeah. I, I'm not sure how I've set you. And he's like, do you think I would do this job for 800 bucks? I'm like, what? He goes, what do you think, do you think it was? Would... Seven, was it 7,500 bucks? I, I, I go, I, I thought you, I heard you say 750. He goes, do you think I would do this for $750? I'm like, that's what I thought you said. He goes, I said 1750. And I go, ah, okay. Uh, Did I, he? Like, uh, are you believing him? No, of or... course not. You, he's lying to me. And I'm like, yeah. uh, okay. Um, I don't know what to do here. Like, here, here's $800. He's like, what about the rest of the money? I go, okay, I guess I'll go get it, but I don't have a bank machine. Like, the bank machine is not, he goes, call the number in the back. You'll be able to get the rest of the money. <laughs> oh, my God. So I walk away, and I'm telling my, my wife's pissed, and I go, listen, it should have been 4800 So we're still coming out well ahead. Oh, For that's 17- tough, though. That one doesn't feel as good. It, it doesn't because, feel exactly, as good anymore. You nailed it. She goes, I would have felt like we're walking on air for seven fifty. For seventeen I'm like, good. But we know he's lying, and I think he's a wheeze. Like, hey, let me give him bet for the doubt. Maybe he said it. Because you want to think he said it? I go, no, because if he had said 1750 I wouldn't have gone to work and said to come follow me. I would have said, give me your card. I'll call you some other time. When yeah. he said seven fifty, I'm like, holy crap, that's it? What? Oh, my God, let's do it right now. Seventeen fifty. Oh, wow. No, like, what a roller coaster story. What an interesting. So <laughs> I, I go, love this story. I, I but, go back. Oh. I can't. I, again, the card. Now people are seeing me at work. Why is my wife wandering with me? Why is that? And keep going to a bank machine. I'm like, hey, guys, how you doing? I'll, I'll, one second. Yeah. I go back. I go, hey, I can't get the money out right now. He's like, I'll follow your wife. My wife's eyes are like <laughs> popping like saucers. Like, what? I go, I, I got to get I gotta get working here. I go, listen, I, I will Venmo. Do you have Venmo? I'll Venmo you the money. He's like, I need the money now. I need cash. I got to pick up my wife. She's been shopping. I'll follow you. No problem. My wife, big, deep sigh. Like, okay. And I go, hey, I'll find a bank machine and see caucus. I go back upstairs. I go, just go pick up Shaz. I think it was Shaz. Yeah, he'd be at 2.30. It's 2 o'clock now. She said, it takes me 30 minutes to go pick up my son. I go, you yeah. just go get him. We'll figure it out. He texts me like 10 minutes later. He's like, hey, how far do I have to drive? Like, I got to go get my wife here. I go, listen, you, it's over text. I go, you came out of nowhere and helped me, which I deeply appreciate. But we had plans today. My wife is going to pick up my son. I can't make him wait. He's done yeah. here at a time. We, he will, she will then get you the money. It's five minutes away. I assure you, you will be on your way at 2.45. He's like, okay. He goes, make sure I get a really good tip. I fixed some other stuff there on the side of the car for you, just so you know. I make sure you spread the word. All right, this guy now. At this point, I've been like, forget it. Sorry, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't do that now because he's following your wife. But like, Jesus, what? This is tur- this took a turn. So she goes to the bank machine. Actually, sorry, I have to go inside now. Obviously, the machine's not going to work. She goes, gets the money, hands it to him, hands him a thousand dollars. We're giving him eighteen hundred now. 
And he goes, he starts counting the whole thing. And he's like, all right, thanks a lot. She's like, yeah, thanks. Like, oh, your son's so cute. Looks just like your dad. She's like, okay, yeah, thanks. And as she's getting in the car, he goes, hey, I, I told your husband to give me a big tip. She says, I did. And he goes, it's only $50. She goes, I have four kids. <laughs> like closes yeah, the door, yeah. like screw you. Like, no, man. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm for real. Like, you oh. like, what do you want here? So oh, the good man, news is I, this. I, the car looks Amazing. Like, I, I'm texting my cousin. He was like, bro, wow, that, that guy did an awesome job. And 1800, job. you're right. 1800 is reasonable, but just the way we got there, it does not feel good. Like, how, how, how would, first off, do you think I was gullible for following him? I don't think so, because I was actually proven right. He did an excellent job. But two, what would you have done once you knew the price was not what you had negotiated? Well, I think. It, just that whole, the way it all happened, regardless of whether you trusted him to do good work, it's so sketchy that it just fits somebody to try to upcharge you. Like it just, if this is ever going to happen where you agree to amount and then it's going to be on the side of the street when some guy was like, Hey, follow me. So it's like, that's more <laughs> likely to happen when you have like this type of interaction. But right. I'm with you on the initial, like this guy isn't making this up. Like he's giving me a good price. Like, I don't know. Like I, I feel like I might be that type too, that would go for that. Nice. But once the funny business comes in, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Cause he's already done the work. So you feel this like, could he call the cops on you? Like, yeah. I don't even know what the legalities of that are when it's all, there's no written contracts. It's all just verbal. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure he has no, like, you didn't sign anything. Like, I so it's your word versus his. I should have probably written it down. Like, just said, hey, not to be a dick. I'm going to write down what you said, 750. Or in a, te- you know, a text message, like text messages can be binding, like through, like you should have maybe in the future, yeah. like, hey, can we tech, can we have a text exchange here just so there's some, yes. some sort of, yeah, Written like, record. I don't know, like, yeah. That's actually a good call. If I just say, can I get your number? I'm going to go inside my wife right now at my, my desk. Anything happens, text me. Here's my number. And by the way, I'm yeah. back, 750, right? And then while yeah. he's doing the job, because, you know, whoa, 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 I, I just started, it's actually more than that. Oh, well, yeah. how much more than that? Then figure it out. I'm just very interested, and, and I have to lean uh, with your hearing and this guy being a little shady. Like, because there's a chance yeah. he said 1750 and you just heard 750. But Classic New York guy, spoke really fast, accent, we're on the highway, a lot of traffic. Like, classic oh. Italian, like, 1750. Like, maybe, maybe he said that quickly. 750. But, but there's, 750. But, right. 750. Right, 750. <laughs> and I'm like, no, but I, but I just, I would never have stopped for 1750. I would have said, right. okay, give me your card. I'll see you sometime. Yeah. Like, for $2,000, I'm like, no, dude, I got to go to work. For 750 oh, I'll, I'll be late for work. I'm like, that, that's a steal. That was a good story. Right. Good story. Yeah, I knew you'd appreciate that. Let me know uh, what you thought of my behavior on this guy and whether or not I should use him again because I have another car. He was like, I can fix your other car. And I'm like, mm. on the one hand, I'm like, he did a good job, but he's cheap. But the other time, he's shady. No, yeah. That that overall decent work, shady. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Cody seal of approval. All right, let's talk about Martin Scorsese, my guy. Never shady, never scary to me. Uh, I went and paid thirty-two bucks to go to the New York Film Festival just to go see his new film, which he co-directed. Uh, it is called Personality Crisis, One Night Only. And I had to pay like 52 bucks for parking. Again, I like to complain about the parking to Chris because he knows you South do. Florida parking can be bad too. And I'm, I'm, I keep thinking, I thought every major city after 6 p.m. parking is better. Normally in New York City, after 6 p.m., it's like 20 bucks until 6 a.m. the next day. So I'm like, how the hell am I still paying $52 in parking for two and a half hours? I don't understand the, this. The parking garage on South Beach during peak summer will be like $60 and it's only up to six hours. So it's like, if you're there and they, I've seen people arguing where they just, cause it's in fine print, the up to six hours. So it's like, you think, all right, I'm going to eat this 60 bucks. I'm going to, it's right near the beach. You go to the beach all day. If you're there six hours and two minutes, 
They like they try to get you for 120 bucks. Oh god, this is yeah. the worst because the tech is they're right, but it's just outrageous. Yeah, it's like, can you just take my sixty dollars, please? Yeah. Like, well, come on. Don't be a <laughs> what dick are we about doing it? here? Because my yeah. thing is always, then you're losing business. Kind of like this guy Jerry. Now I'm never going to use you again because I'm pretty sure you lied to me. Whereas at the parking right. garage, okay, like, hey, it was only two minutes. I'm like, I will always come back here. It's easy. It's South Beach, etc. So you got to think of you know. Think I love this guy's body language of the when he got the 800. He's like, okay, and you could just feel his anger. It's like he was going to just take it, right? But you it, could feel. It. That's the other part. Sorry, to finish up that story as we go back there again. What yeah. if I just said, okay, when he goes, it's on the house. I'm like, all right, have yeah. a nice day. I just walked away. Yeah, I thought you said 800. That's what I th- I'm pretty sure you did. So that's what we're doing. Yeah, I guess yeah. I'm just going to, uh, here's the money. We're just not like, it's, I, that's just like, you You become the dick at that point. Even yeah. though like, that's this guy's trick is like turning you in. Now you're the dick, even <laughs> though he just lied to you. It's it's a mind game. This guy's a, this guy's a pro. You know, the more I think about this, he definitely lied to you. This guy does this all the time. Yes. Like, this guy's full of shit. My, my wife and I started joking. There's no wife. When he said my wife shopping, I go, that's an imaginary oh, wife. There's, not. there's zero chance of that. He just yeah. does this all day driving around, bilking he, people out of money. He picked you up on the highway. <laughs> hey, you see, you see this? I can fix that. And you're just like, all right. And you pull into some gas station. Oh, my God. I'm surprised, surprised you didn't get murdered, honestly. <laughs> oh, I feel so used. All right. Back to Marty. 84 bucks to go see this movie. It's always cool to go to the New York Film Festival. Alice Tully Hall, which is a really prestigious venue. It's where I saw The Irishman, in fact, three years ago. So it's cool to be back in that theater, seeing another Scorsese movie. They got a couple people who come out, say a few words, and they bring up Marty. The best is because he's so short like me. They have to, like, lower the microphone when Marty comes out. <laughs> five foot five, Martin Scorsese. But, of course, everyone's there to see him. Like, I'm thinking, I'm like, if I wasn't here, I'd be watching the baseball playoffs as I have been every other night. But everybody else in this room, like they're geeking out for him. Like this is a documentary we're going to get to, and I got him, David Johansson. Unless you're a real music head, unless you're like Mike Ryan, I'm pretty sure nobody in this audience knows who this guy is. We're just here to right. see Marty, so he comes out, and I'm like, "How much Marty are we going to get?" Like, imagine you—it's like watching a concert. We've talked about it before, and all of a sudden the surprise singer shows up. But you know, Scorsese is going to speak, so. He comes out. He's funny. A couple of good stories. I can't believe this is the 60th film festival. You know, I'm 79 right now. I remember when I was 19 when it started. He said, my first film that I had, it was a short film called The Big Shave, which I've seen, of course. I have everything of his. It's a student film he did. It's about eight minutes long. And it was his response to the Vietnam War. And it's a guy shaving and then literally just starts bleeding. He just starts cutting blood. He cuts his juggler. That's the whole movie. Just a guy shaving five minutes of a guy bleeding. Jeez. I love it. It was like, that was his commentary on the war. I'm like, Marty's awesome. So he said, I'm with Jay Cox, who's one of his close friends, collaborator. He co-wrote the film Silence, Age of Innocence as well. Because I'm him with his wife. And I get the call. Because again, this is obviously well before cell phones. Somebody had to call the restaurant. They go, hey, Marty, they're going to show the big shave. He's like, why? Because they're showing it before this Godard film. I was, we talked about before. Jean-Luc Godard recently passed away. Breathless one of Scorsese's heroes. He's like, oh my God, I, I'm on the same bill as Godard. We're going to go. He goes, so I get down the theater. It's me, Jay, and his wife are running in. And he goes, again, the film is five minutes long. They hustle me in. And I, I watch, I'm watching my movie. I'm watching their reaction to my movie. I see some booing. I see some people walking out. I see some people cheering. I go, okay, that was it. That was worth the five minutes of reaction. Yes, I made it. My New York Film Festival debut. Now I'm going to watch this Godard film, which is actually what most people should be caring about. Um, he then went on a pretty passionate rant. And it got a little bit of puppier. People were tweeting about it. And of course, people sent to me. So I'm sure you've already seen this. I'm like, yes, I was in the crowd. Thank you to uh, Michael <laughs> Bowie. But Martin Scorsese on preserving the art of cinema in the face of Hollywood's repulsive and insulting obsession with box office. He said, you know, movies today, there's such a focus now on money and I find it repulsive. And he said, obviously, every movie you make money and the studio wants 
that money back and then some. He goes, of course, we all know the deal. He said, but the way today, everything is focused on the box office and the gross and how much money was in America and how much money in China, how much money in England and how many downloads and how much streams. He goes, you know, you've gotten away from what is the art of cinema, which is an art form that I love. And he said, one of the great things about this New York Film Festival is there's no competition. There's no prizes. There's no box office. It's just here to watch movies. You're just here to reward movies. So just be here to enjoy a movie for what it is. You don't have to worry about the score, how much money it costs, what the box office gross is. Enjoy the film for what it is, the reaction it causes. That's what cinema should be. And I said, wow, if only everybody had that kind of reaction. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's pretty easy for Martin Scorsese to say that. that. That would be the only criticism of that. Like, you know, one of the most successful movie makers of all time, right. like, can sit up and make these comments where the people that are grinding, trying to just make one film in their life, like right. they wanted to make money, but that shouldn't be the end all be all is yes. what he's basically saying. Correct. Like a movie can be great that bombed box office yes. is I think what he's kind of saying. Absolutely, you're right. You, you need to make money in the movie. Of course, you can't make a movie that doesn't make money. Otherwise you don't get to make another movie. That's why you're a first time filmmaker who never got a second one. So a film has to make money, has to be seen. But it's nice to actually just reward films on their own merit. And like you said, especially yeah. if a film bombs, that doesn't mean it was a bad movie. It just means the audience wasn't there. There's a variety of reasons why that may have happened. But you rarely see, like, it, the, the headline is just usually bombs at the box office. Yeah, it's yeah. not like, it's really good, though. It's usually <laughs> yeah. just bombs at the box office. Right. And if it's really good, sometimes it's revisionist history. It takes years. It takes decades. I mean, you know, later, many, many years ago, that was, actually, that was pretty good. You're like, really? Well, it kind of bombed at the time. Yeah. Cost somebody his job. Oh, well, life happens. Anyways, he gave that plea, which I thought was nice. He brings it to the rest of the people. We watched the film. Now, he loves his music documentaries. For a guy who has made so many great films over the years, if he's making a documentary, he loves the rock and roll. He loves Rolling Stones, Shine a Light documentary. Loves Bob Dylan, made No Direction Home documentary about them. Um, so I'd never heard of the New York Dolls, and this lead singer is this guy named David Johansson. And this band, kind of shockingly for the time, early 1970s, they kind of dressed like male prostitutes, as one guy said. And one of the guys should have dressed as a woman. And I'm, and I'm watching the doc. I'm like, wow, this is like 1970. Again, this is more than just like long hair, kiss, you know, Guns N' Roses <laughs> slash. He's like, like at one point, like wearing a bra or something, makeup. I go, wow, this was kind of interesting. And the one guy commentator is like, well, I mean, he was progressive for its time. Today we're talking about transgender rights. This guy's dressing up as a woman. Like, and he's doing these punk rock songs. It was kind of different. They're, wearing, they're dressed like male prostitutes. I'm like, wow, okay, never heard of these guys. Never heard of this guy specifically, David Johansson. But the music's not bad. A couple of good tracks. I'm like, yeah. And then they have Morrissey, who again, I don't know much about. I know his name. I know he's a British singer. He's talking about the New York Dolls are a huge influence on me, and I love these guys. I'm like, okay, so anytime I'm watching a film in which I'm learning something that I didn't know previously, I take some value in it. I go, okay, yeah. this, was a, this was a cool band that I never heard of, only had two studio albums, but then influence on punk rock, specifically Morrissey and the Ramones. But then in the 80s, he became a guy named Buster Poindexter. So the same guy, David Johansson, he just took on a different label and started a different, different type of music. So a lot of the movie is him singing today, as in 2020, pre-COVID January, as a guy named Buster Poindexter. So he's kind of like a lounge lizard. One of these <laughs> hepcats, you know, super skinny. One thing about like male rock singers, this guy's like 120 pounds. Mick, yeah. and he's a lot like Mick Jagger. And I go, now it makes sense. Scorsese loves Mick Jagger, loves Rolling Stones. Made a documentary about them. Always says the Rolling Stones. You just mentioned The Departed's one of your favorite movies. There's like three times he plays Stone songs, particularly yeah. Give Me Shelter. And like, that's why he loves this guy. Because this guy's like the American Mick Jagger. He's like Mick Jagger light. Super skinny, kind of got the same face, the scowl, the hair kind of sounds like I'm like, wow. Okay, that kind of is interesting. And then it kind of goes into his life. And the guy himself, like, I just find a lot of these rock singers, I wouldn't necessarily want to hang with them because they're generally, I would think, self-absorbed and pharmaceuticals or addicted to something, sex, drugs, whatever, groupies. But they're definitely interesting. And this guy's got, like, a lot of like, fascinating ideas. At one point, he's talking about philosophy. And he's, you know, giving different ideas about life, how it all started and stuff. But this guy's either he's really high or he just has interesting ideas on life. But 
the more I'm watching it, I go, I've seen this guy elsewhere. And he ends up telling a really funny story about how he was auditioning for, I think, Amadeus, the Milos Forman film, which, you know, won Best Picture for F. Murray Abraham. And he didn't get the role. And, and he's got this great deadpan sense of humor. He's like, yeah, I, I went home and I was shattered. You know, I, I lost the role of a lifetime. It was my dream even though I'd only had that dream for three days. <laughs> I'm like, this guy's hilarious. And the more I'm looking, I go, now I know who he is. If you think of a great Bill Murray movie, Scrooged, he plays the ghost of Christmas past. If you remember the cab driver, if you Google it right now while you're listening or watching, whatever, you'll be like, oh, I know that guy. As soon as I go, that's who he is. He's the cab driver in Scrooged. I had no <laughs> idea he was also this singer, you know, this punk rock group, and he was Buster Poindexter, and apparently Martin Scorsese's friend. And then I looked up his IMDb. He's actually done a few movies. Like David Johansson's done some others. I think he was like in a Tim Burton movie. So anyways, it's a long way of saying I like seeing a movie where I learned something different. It was obviously great to be in the same room as Martin Scorsese. As the guy next to me said, he goes, like, how many more times is this going to happen? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, he's 79 years old. Like, my man is still going. So, like, it's pretty cool to just see him here and still active and energized. Great three-piece suit, nice blue suit. So, personality <laughs> crisis, one night only. It's going to be on Showtime next year. Make sure you check it out. And, and like I said, if you know anybody, Chris, like a punk rock kind of guy, throw it up Mike Ryan. Just, have you ever heard of the New York Dolls? If he has any idea if David Johansson is. Because I think that's like one of those music head things. If you, It's almost like a point of pride if you know who they it's are. It's personality disorder, isn't it? Personality crisis, one night only. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, personality, because that's what Marty's joke was. He goes, he was he played like two different people in his life. So personality crisis, colon, one night only. After that, he's fine. So this is the most important part. As I'm watching for the credits, I go, okay. And I don't hear Marty's voice. In the Rolling Stones talk, you hear his voice. You actually see him a couple times talking to Jagger and those guys. Here, I checked. And it's, it says edited by David Tegeski. I go, okay. And then I see interviews done by somebody else, and I go, this may have been a situation where a lot of them did a lot of the work. And they go, hey, Marty, we know you like this guy. How about we put your name on it? You pump it up a little bit, and maybe his name will help it. Perhaps. But David Johansson, 72 years of age. He's got an unbelievable pompadour. Uh, some of the songs he's known for, Hot, Hot, Hot from 1982. Also, Funky But Chic. Um, as the IndieWire Review said, he is a rare survivor of the New York that still lives on in his music. Scorsese and Tedeschi's unfussy tribute reflects that confident self-knowledge and temporal instability in equal measure. It's an easy hang of a performance doc about someone who's got more stories in his hair than most of us could tell in our entire lives. But it's also a free-form biography that skips through the years between tunes, often slipping into archival footage. Personality Crisis gently argues for their collective greatness. I take that lovingly traces back to other films. Uh, make sure you check it out. Anyone who came of age during Morrissey's Troll Years taken aback by that footage. But Personality Crisis presents Johansson as Mick Jagger for Outsiders, which is bang on. For all the movie's ostensible interest in identity, surprisingly little is made of the fact that Johansson used to be a dead ringer for the Rolling Stones icon. Seriously. Between the soft touch of close-ups and unsparing honesty, it's definitely one to be recommended. Uh, resolves into a mirror image of Todd Haynes's I'm Not There. A couple other reviews here. This is from Charles Romesco of Little White Lies. A wily old hooligan with plenty of battery acid still pumping through his veins. Johansson won't allow himself to be turned into a museum piece visited as a link to the past. And personality crisis is fascinating for how Johansson, as a songwriter, puts life and showbiz struggle in his own bridge and tunnel vernacular. It all comes down to melody. That's Armand White of National Review. Before we get to the wild card, just a couple quick hitters here on Scream. Just because we got to talk an old movie. When I talk to you about Scream, Chris, what do you think of? You were a young man when this movie came out. You were in high school. I think of, I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think of uh, a scary movie that, like you said, you talked about it on the front end. It's interesting because it's like thought of as an all-time great scary movie, but it's also like it almost seems like a mockumentary type yes. thing. It's like a weird combo. Yeah, I, I, for those who have not seen it, 25 years after a streak of brutal murders shocked the quiet town of Woodsboro, California, a new killer 
dons the ghost face mask, begins targeting a group of teenagers to resurrect secrets from the past. Um, I just think, as you said, it's playing with so many conventions, right? Cute teenage girl at home alone when the phone rings. Man wants to play a game with her. With the threat of killing her best friend, Tara's forced to play along. Barely survives that stabbing. Five-year-old sister left home due to mental problems. Friends visit her. Later on in a bar, guy provokes the friends. Gets attacked by the ghost face. There's everything about it. How many more must die when it comes to the ghost face? Even the cast to me is so memorable. You know, Nev Campbell, fellow Canadian. Great. Uh, Courtney Cox, of course. David, David Arquette. Arquette was a weird hire. Yeah, David, David Arquette, Arquette, is, David Arquette is what made it seem like a like a mockumentary, like a comedy. Because you wouldn't like see he, like is, yeah. he can't be the lead like deputy. You know what I mean? Like this is a weird, <laughs> just like yeah, it's an odd casting that one. You're right. When I look at the rest of the cast, everybody else is kind of like, you know a bunch of nobody. Skeet Ulrich, people have heard of, was you know kind of like Johnny Depp light at one point. But yeah, he's Melissa Barrera, sure. But you're right. It's Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, okay. But David Arquette, <laughs> David Arquette shows up. You go, yeah, I'm not buying this. Kevin Williamson, <laughs> by the way, was the writer on it. Ended up being just a glorious franchise. I mean, it's insane how popular Scream is. I think there's been five Screams now. I mean, think about that. Not so there's probably another Scream is still coming out. The latest Scream was in 2022. It came out this year. But there were four Screams. First Scream was 96. Screaming 2 in 97. More Screaming. Scream 3 in 2000. Scream 4 2011. So you crank out three within four years. Then you wait 11 years for another one. And then 11 years for another one. So 11 more years. Maybe in 2033. But no, we're going to get an untitled Scream sequel next year. Uh, they've definitely gotten a lot of mileage out of this and uh, yeah I, I just think it's entertaining for the fact Matthew Lillard when he gets stabbed I'm feeling woozy here <laughs> it's just a classic line Jamie Kennedy yeah, Jamie was Kennedy randomly he was the one that's like I'll be right back he's like yeah. teaching people yeah. about movies like you yes. never leave the room right if you leave the room you get killed I'll right. be right back <laughs> Ah, oh, classic. Jamie Kennedy. He's the one that tipped it over. He, he made it I into feel a little woozy here. Total five films, uh, budget of $142 million. They have grossed over $740 million. That's why I feel a little woozy here. <laughs> That's our thoughts on Scream. Now time for the dual shot of the wild card. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Okay, it's a real pleasure to bring in Alexa Pena Vega and her husband, Carlos Pena Vega. They have written a fun yet educational children's book. It is called Ocean's World, An Island Tale of Discovery and Adventure. It's available October 25th. As the father of four, I'm always looking for good books. Chris is a father of one. He needs a good book. And so that's why we're going to uh, talk to these authors right now. And also just about their journey. Spy Kids 4, you got uh, The Loud House, all that kind of stuff. Carlos, Alexa, great to see you guys. How you doing? What's going on? What's up? What's up? How are you? All right. Tell me about the book first and foremost. How did this whole idea come about? I have the book right here. Look at this. Check it out. Ocean's World. Boom. Uh, So our firstborn, his name is Ocean. Uh, And when when he was born, we moved from L.A. to Maui because we just did not want to raise kids in in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And we just started adventuring even more than before. Now that we had a kid, it was like, let's just like just go out and do this. And I came up with this idea like five years ago. And I said, you know what? I want to make the next door the explorer, but I wanted to be cool and I wanted to be a boy and I wanted to do really fun stuff. So I came up with, with Ocean's World and we spent the last, you know, uh, five years procreating. Now we have three children <laughs> instead of one. Um, and, and, uh, and, and listen, in the book, he's got his brother Kingston and his sister Rio. So it's all based on our, on our family adventures, but here we are with this book. It's coming out and uh, we're super excited. I love that name, Ocean. How'd you guys come up with that? We were on a sailboat. <laughs> You're on a boat right now. This seems like a theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We love the water. We're always on like some sort of adventure, um, whether it's sailing, cruising, um, on some island somewhere. So for us, it was really paying homage to the adventures that we had together by naming our first kid Ocean. Um, but yeah, these kids are, they, they literally wake up every morning because we're on this boat. We've been living on it for this last year. And they wake up every morning and they go, they pee off the side of the boat yes. and then they go fishing. <laughs> They're living the life, guys. <laughs> Can you give me the coolest thing about living on a boat and the thing that's like, this the one thing that I miss about not living on a boat? Ooh, the coolest thing is that you're the view is insane. The view is insane. You're on the water. It just feels cool. The hardest is we've been in the middle of a refit. Yeah. uh, Living on the boat with three kids that you want to strangle yourself. (laughs) We're listen, man, we're Latino, right? We're freaking cheap. Like I, I want to do it all myself. I I am not hiring some guy to fix. I'm like, dude, I will YouTube it. I will go to YouTube university. I will figure it out. I'll go to Home Depot. I'll try it once, and if I break it, then I call somebody. So yeah, so it's been a year of refitting this boat, but you know, it's it's uh, again another adventure. How did you guys? Did you have any creative differences in writing this book, working together while being in a relationship? Like, how do we uh, solve any tension when it comes to the creative <laughs> yeah. process? Our marriage is perfect. Our marriage is perfect. <laughs> no. We have no no problem. in the creative process, yeah. just in the thank creative you, process. You. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what? So so something, and Carlos will tell you he's very sensitive. So if he throws out an idea, I can't just be like, no, next one moving on. Like, I'm like, quick, let's go to the next thing. Let's yeah. figure it out. He's like, you could have said it was a good idea, but it no, doesn't no, no. work. Listen, in the or- studio, in the studio, in the studio with my band, we have a thing. We don't go nuts, no, sucks. We go, all right. 
I think we can beat it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, okay, good. I think we can beat it. She's just like, no. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm like, you kill the, you're killing the creative vibe right now. That's, it's that's yes and that's yes it. and yes we let no. it uh, yes yes and yes it, listen that's the number one rule in improv babe come on she knows this. <laughs> sounds like a lot of other marriages you're fine uh, I'm now the, your social media following is gigantic alexa 1.6 million followers carlos 2.6 you got a youtube channel la vida peña vega 813,000 subscribers how do you guys manage putting your your private life public because the fact you are public figures and your kids are you know you're posting videos and stuff how do you manage that public personal balance for us you know we we so lex and i both met at a at a bible study so for us our faith is like the center of our relationship it's the center of our life so we we truly believe that we have to lead by example um and the only way to do that is to be an open book and that's pretty much who we are i mean i'm i'm literally wearing like camel board shorts right now i'm i'm not a fancy dude this is who makes this oh actually okay that's that's a nice shirt that's a nice shirt normally it's james normally it's pain uh, so I listen, I put on my best for you guys today. <laughs> What's the best superficial perk of having all those followers? You get free stuff sent to you, companies. I was about to say the free the stuff, free stuff. Yeah. which makes zero sense because we like, we work, we make good money. And why do we get free right. stuff? Like, we should be the ones paying yeah. top dollar for stuff. <laughs> hey, 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 sense. listen, everyone listening, we will gladly accept. Don't we stop. Will gladly accept. Don't stop. <laughs> Yeah, any, any little bit of free stuff goes a long way. Alex, I want to ask you about Spy Kids. I mean, just working with that yeah. whole cast and obviously still a beloved adventure and the fact that then you're in Spy Kids 4. Just tell me about that whole Spy Kids experience. I mean, it was one of the greatest experiences I've ever had in my life. That set is so special. Um, something about Robert is he uses the same crew and a lot of the cast, as you can see in all throughout all his films, over and over and over again. So when you show up, it's not like you're showing up to a new set where you have to meet everybody again uh, or meet like new people it's straight up family like you i've known all of them for the last 20 something years they are like such a part of my life and they actually they're making a new one we're not a part of this installment okay. but we might be in the future installments um but we while we were on tour we got an opportunity to go visit the new set and having my kids walk through the set with all of our old original gadgets. I'm talking like the original Super Guppy, yeah. the original Dragonfly Spy. We have a picture of Alexa sitting in the passenger seat and Rio sitting in the seat that she our sat daughter. in when she was like, you know, 10 years old. Oh. And it was just the most surreal experience. Shut up, just it was not 40 years ago. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> but it, it was just so surreal because like so much so many important things happen on this. Like I got my first kiss on that set. Like my, the first crush, the like so many amazing firsts on that set that like to be able to come back to it was surreal. It was Do you crazy. ever get tired of questions about it though? It's like, all right, enough with the spy kids questions. Never, because it was such a good part Don't of lie. life. Our kids, oh my God. <laughs> Is that real? Is it? Is no, that real? that's not real life. That's not real life. <laughs> well, is that really you? Why is your hair different? It's like, dude, we've been through this. I think, you know what? There was probably a time when I was like 16 or 17 where, you know, you, you're you at that age. You got where you're too like, cool you for it. You were too it. cool yeah, for it for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you're kind of cool. You appreciate it, but you want to move on. But it's funny, the further and further you get away from it, you're like, oh gosh, that was so special. And this was pre-social media days. Yeah. So we were living like the, it was the glory days where we didn't have all this crap that kept us busy on set. We were kids. 
kids just playing dress up. It was really cool. Yeah, especially like you said, Robert Rodriguez, such a talented filmmaker. Anything he does, uh, going yeah. back to El Mariachi, the guy's the best. Alexa, I also oh, yeah. want to ask you about being on Broadway in Hairspray. What was that like? You know what? It was, it was great. Don't get me wrong. It was really great. It's a very different experience than film. And I grew up doing film and TV and, and running, jumping into that was a very um it was out of my element but i learned a lot and i really did enjoy it but that i remember that first month being so hard it was the first time i'd ever worked on my own and do you have like a most embarrassing moment like or just like a funny moment where you messed up um the first my very first performance uh i'd never done anything like that before that live thing was crazy and there was there's a part in one of the songs where i totally missed my cue and i didn't know what to do so i just like waved my hands and then <laughs> move on. and what's crazy is it's just it just you keep going like the show that ends up you being you guys going. laugh about it later right i've, I've heard about yeah. on broadway like sometimes the mistakes are what the crew lo love the most yeah, yeah. i mean as I was more into, as I sunk into the show a little bit more, uh, yes, then we were able to laugh about it like months later. But when you're, when it's your first day and you don't know everybody and you're coming from film, Broadway doesn't really like film people. They are their own yeah. group. So, and being an 18 year old, it took me a minute to kind of get in there. But I, I did. I finally made it. There's no question about that. And, and Carlos, I'm curious for you. Uh, listen, you've done some acting as well as far as like doing primetime shows. Do you have a preference, whether it's doing voiceovers, whether it's doing live action, animation? What is it for you? You know, I like it all. Um, I, I I just got off a big tour uh, with my with my band, Big Time Rush, and we played Madison Square Garden. And it was just, it was such a cool experience. And You didn't just play it. They sold it. I was going to say, it's a little name That's drop there. Yeah. MSG. No, 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 no. Yeah. But like that was always a goal of ours. So Mecca. to finally do it and to be out there, it just I love acting. Yeah. But I I think for me, I just love performing. Like whether it's on the screen or on the stage or even just here talking to you guys. Like yeah. I love just being active and wait, you're performing right now? I, I'm, I'm performing. Oh, yeah. He's turned it on. He turned it on. You see this? Yeah. You see that? Oh my god. Oh what? I'm not even really blonde, guys. What okay? about you on stage? This is my wife's doing. What about Sorry, you on stage doing music? Like an embarrassing moment? Like anything? Well, you know what? Like you said, we looked forward to the parts where we would mess up yeah. because you know you do five shows a week. It kind of just becomes a routine. So you know, being able to like something different you know, happens. Well, there was this one part that uh, one of our guys would always like sing this like line, and we. Like halfway through the tour, we were like, you know what? The three of us who are not singing it, we're gonna sing it. So, so, so he would go to sing it, and we would be like, it was during confetti falling. Oh, it was celebration. So, like, so he would go celebration, but before he could even get a mouth out, one of us would go celebration <laughs> every time, dude. <laughs> and he would turn around, and then towards the end of it, all it'd be like celebration, 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 celebration. <laughs> it's just but like. It's like yeah, no, but like nobody in the audience is like, what right. the heck is this? Like, this is dope. But just for you for guys, us, just like, for you. Oh, we yeah. love it. I, awesome. I have to tell one quick story of something that happened this summer. So Carlos, for the most part, he's, he's a rule follower. He doesn't want to cause any problems. He doesn't want to, you know, get in trouble. And one of the kids, one of the other band members was like, hey, listen, tonight we're going to climb this and sing from up there. And Carlos was like, yeah, we can sing from up there. It was a lighting booth and then and, in an amphitheater. Yeah. And the, like, so there'll be lighting. Yeah, the other guy's like, yes, we're doing that. And Los is like, all right, all I'm right, in. We're doing it. We're so doing it. in the middle of the show, one guy starts climbing up. So Carlos is like, oh, this is the so, time. So, so we went in, into the audience to the very back. That's, that's, that's normal. 
But then we started climbing, which is not normal. <laughs> and they're singing from up in these like rafters. In the rafters. And I'm on the side stage with all the security freaking out and the police on their way. Yeah. Because it is like super not allowed and not okay. Yeah. And Carlos only did it because he was like, oh, I like he thought hold it was on, clear. Hold on. So I'm like, what is he doing? We, he never does stuff like this. We lasted, apparently, we lasted longer than Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Apparently, Machine Gun Kelly tried to do it. They nixed it right away. Yeah. We were up there for probably five, six minutes before security was coming, and they were like, get down. <laughs> wow. And Carlos, afterwards, when I told him, he was like, what? What? We weren't allowed to go. Uh, <laughs> like, got, oh, bad boy. <laughs> got to trash talk Megan Fox with that now. Like, hey, you know, Machine Gun right. over there. We Sorry. lasted longer, okay? <laughs> oh, my God, Carlos. Uh, Carlos Peña Vega, Alexa Peña Vega. The book is called Ocean's World, an Island Tale of Discovery Boom. and Adventure. It's available October 25th. Bam. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for the time oh, and best you, of luck with the book. Thank, thank you guys for taking the time. All right, thanks so much once again to Carlos and Alexa. They were great. Dude, that was great questioning by you, considering the fact we were not given the book. I thought we did a pretty good job there. Our research, we came through. They were fun. They, I mean, you live on a boat. That's just, You live an interesting life if you live on a boat. Yeah, boat cruise. Uh, once again, thanks to Scott Rogowski from a week previous. I never actually listened to the interviews again, except in the case of Rags. I mean, a couple of those slides. One that I thought asshole would be a term of endearment in that community, and Cody's aging worse than Paul Servino. I mean, just unbelievable <laughs> lines. I, I just hope people are checking out Cruising. It's available on Hulu with a premium subscription. It's available on Amazon Prime with a premium subscription. The fact that he said Pacino looks like John Turturro is just amazing. And I also have to mention, Cody doesn't like when I do this, but I got to give props to the rewatchables. I listen all the time. They did their best episode ever. It was on one of my favorite movies ever, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, which I wanted to do this year with my buddies Cabby and Jay Nats because the three of us, along with our friend Ciccone, went and saw Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. We were living in Toronto at the time. That's how much we loved this movie. They loved this play. We went to Broadway, drove to New York to see the play, maybe went and saw a ball game. Today, I went and saw a Yankees game that weekend. It was amazing, though. Uh, Liev Schreiber played Ricky Roma, which is the Pacino role. Alan Alda played the Shelly the Machine role. Jack Lemmon. Jeffrey Tambor, who I love, he played Arano. And then, I, of course, I saw Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross six years ago. I was still working at ESPN. Bobby Cannavale played Ricky Roma. Pacino played Shelly the Machine Levine. Long way of saying, I don't know anybody who loves David Mamet like me. Cody's heard the David Mamet stories. The fact Mamet sent me that book one time. The fact I saw American Buffalo. David Mamet played with Claire. These two guys were so good. Sean Fennessy and Chris Ryan. I texted Priscilla. I said, you've got to give me their numbers. These guys need to know how great this was. I texted both of them. They texted me back. Sadly, did not say we're mutual big fans of Cinephile, but they were, but they were very gracious. I was like, bro, you guys do a phenomenal job. I love Mamet like nobody else. I want to do that movie, but you guys have now done it, so I'll have to wait five years to do it because people will think I'm ripping you off. Glengarry Glenn Ross, all-time great film. Check out the rewatchables. Uh, Chris Ryan and Sean Fennessy did an awesome job with that. Also. Can I tell a quick story? One more quick Pittsburgh story that I just forgot to tell you earlier please. on the back end here. Yeah, please. I'm at dinner last night in Pittsburgh, Tuesday night, and all of a sudden, this like it's like a small Italian restaurant, really good food, and the owner's got a glass of wine and a jumpsuit on, like one of these places, and like a really like old Italian guy, and he I just all this. of a sudden he he gets the whole the whole restaurant. It's like probably like twelve tables in the whole place. He's like, and it's a loud place, and he has to like, hey, 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 and like everyone all of a sudden's like, why is this guy making it? The great Carol King. Really? And Carol King is like randomly in this restaurant, uh, like eating and gets up from the table and there's like a guy strumming guitar and she just starts singing. 
Like, wow. it's just like, I, and I was like, it, and I Googled her. I was like, one of those things I knew the name Carol King, but yeah. wasn't exactly what she looked like. I Google her. Her hair is a little darker now, but it looks like her. And she was announced and people were like clapping and like, Afterwards, they were like, how about this? And I was like, oh, what a treat, even though I didn't really know that much about her. But it was just a random small world kind of thing in a small town in, in Shadyside, Pittsburgh. Carol King randomly at a restaurant that I'm at on a Tuesday night. I just night. kick it over the guy in the jumpsuit. Like, old school time. Oh. Like, hey. As, like, Carol's performing, they bring him out, like, lasagna and pasta. He's, like, eating, like, Tony Soprano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was a whole vibe, the place. And then Carol King randomly. It was just like, what a small world. Anyways, Carol King it. has been married four times. Uh, she has... Four kids, Kennedy Center Honors, won a bunch of Grammys. You've got a friend. It's too late. Where you lead? Big songs of the seventies. Yeah, Carole like seventies. She was big and like yeah, she was there with a whole group of people. This other guy that was with her also got up and sang. The the room not as interested in him <laughs> as as Carol King, and he loved himself some him. But yeah. it was just it was just a random story. Dude, I love it. This was a, a very music- second best story of the day because <laughs> that one of you getting jipped yeah. was the worst. No, no, I, I still got a good deal out of it, but it could have been a great deal. Yeah, he was definitely shady. <laughs> Thanks so much for checking out Cinephile. Please go to Apple Podcasts where you can subscribe, rate, and review. Next week on the podcast, I'm talking about Rami, one of my favorite shows on TV, season three in the books on Hulu. I watched all 10 episodes. Old movie? We'll do some Halloween stuff. Maybe Silence of the Lambs, some of your favorite scary movies. We'll do that in anticipation of Halloween coming right around the corner and a big time get. I'm talking huge. What's the best show on television? Succession. Who's the guy who's won the Best Actor Emmy from that show? Jeremy Strong. Jeremy Strong on Cinephile next week promoting his new film, Armageddon Time. You're going to love this interview with him and director James Gray. All that more coming up on Cinephile next week. Until then, I'll see you at the movies. <laughs>